Hi, this is Madeline, a.k.a. Groisha, founder of Growing With The Seasons. Our new voice, season one, is the foundation of the intergenerational conversation. It's been in my heart to do. We need more mirrors and voices to inspire our choices. For in the reflection of each other, we all grow wiser. I know I have. To learn more or get involved in this and other co-creations and conversations, check out the website, gwtsfamily.com. We offer many ways to help you groom your authentic expression. Here we grow. Hello, welcome to our new voice. Here we are with one of my new sisters, met her in 2020 on Clubhouse. Been changing my life from the minute. Brought these cards in. Anyone who knows me knows I'm always asking your birthday these days. So I want to welcome Miss Diamond Nina Durnham to our, well, Janine Lofton. I'm not sure which it is, but it's Miss Diamond to everybody I know. Welcome, Diamond. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here this morning on this King of Hearts day. Mm, 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 mm. Well, thank you for meeting me in the heart and thank you for learning together. It's been wonderful. Appreciate Absolutely. you very much. All right. So let's go into the questions and see what comes out of your heart. All right. So then the first question we're asking is, how were you informed or come to know your gender or how you identify? How did that get shaped in your life? That is such an interesting story when I sit and think about it, right? Because I come from a big family. It's nine of us and I have six brothers, right? And I always thought of myself as a dude. I always felt like I was one of the dudes because I wanted to be like my big brothers, right? I mm -hmm. drove my mother crazy. <laughs> I drove my mother crazy because she wanted a little girly girl, right? She wanted me to wear the dresses, you know, the patent leather shoes and the little mm. socks. Oh, the patent and, leather. I used to love those so shiny. <laughs> oh, I hated it. I hated it. When she put those things on me, I cringed. I would cringe. I was so awkward. I did not know how to act when she put those, you know, like the dresses may have the um, the taffeta. All of the little things that are on the dresses would touch my skin and it would irritate me, right? And I just didn't know why she wanted to punish me like that. She put me on those dresses, right? And she would say, because you're a girl. And this is how girls sit. So, you know, I had to go through all of the things that we do to learn how to sit. You know, all of the things that we did back then. What, it, what is it called? I can't even think of it now. Etiquette, you mean? Etiquette. I had to go through etiquette classes and all of those things, right? They didn't work, but I had to do them nonetheless. And <laughs> I would always be resentful. And I would tell my mom, I can't wear those sissy dresses. I say, you're making me look like a faggot. And my mother used to be so mad. Where are you hearing these things from? Duh, you have five sons. How come you don't watch them? If I put on a dress and I come around them, they say, look at that sissy. Oh my God, girl, get out. And I'd be like, oh, my brothers don't want me to be with them. They're calling me a sissy. And I would mm -hmm. go to my mother, you're not a sissy. Stay away from them. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the lingerings of the judgments, right? The way that people could make us not, you know, like calling somebody a sissy, right? Because you're girlish. Like, it's such an interesting yeah, thing that right. we did, right? Yeah, and it's an insult. Can you imagine? It's an mm -hmm. insult for my brothers to call me a sissy. It's like, I am a sissy. I am. I I'm a girl, about, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. I think about it now. 
But as I grew, my, um, I kind of wore my mother down because we used to go shopping and, and we used to, I used to argue in the store because I wouldn't like anything she bought, right? So she just eventually would give me the credit card and say, this is your limit. Go buy the, your clothes and that's it. You're not getting anything else. So I would go get jeans. And, you know, back then we couldn't start wearing jeans until... I got to look at the year, but I know it was it was in middle. It was in my eighth grade when New York City passed the dress code because we couldn't wear pants in school in New York City. Mm-hmm. So I was mm-hmm. on one of the well in my school. I was on the committee for that, and you know we we protest and we did all kind of things so we would be able to wear jeans to school, right? So that so you could me. wear dress pants or or you just couldn't wear jeans or you could have to wear skirts. Couldn't wear pants. Mm-hmm. Couldn't wear pants to school back then. So yeah, know. I went to Catholic school my whole life and I had to wear skirts my whole life as well. Yeah, we had we couldn't mm-hmm. wear it. So as I grew, I, you know, and I got into astrology, you know, because I would sit and talk to my friends and especially my guy friends, and I would say, you know, I just feel so, so boyish all the time. They're like, I don't know why you feel that way. I said, they used to say, because you sexy. And I used to say, don't <laughs> say that. Don't say that. That's not, mm. that's not possible. And inside of my head, I would hear people, you know, men, you know, in the seventies say, Hey, sexy mom. And I'm like, I'm not sexy. Don't, I even know what sexy was. All <laughs> I knew was I was a dude, right? I didn't know what that meant. I just knew it was going against what I felt about myself. I was a tomboy, right? And I hung out with the boys. I took, I was, I was sitting somewhere with my mother. I said, Oh, I gotta go take a leak. She says, if you don't stop, saying things like that. I said, what do you mean? I'm going to the bathroom. But that's what my brothers used to say all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a leak, right? Mm -hmm. Drove my poor mom. My mom would just shake her head. She was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this girl. (laughs) But coming into myself and coming into my divine feminine, because you know that starts at 13. So at 13 years old, I remember boys now looking at me differently. I remember them, you know, I remember the relationship changing, but I didn't know until much later that 13, 13 years old was a, what is a, a rites of passage, right? Mm-hmm. So I remember being very awkward. I've always been awkward, but I remember being extremely awkward during that time and, um, you know, around boys. Mm-hmm. I was just awkward. I just was. I always felt peculiar. I've always been attracted to, you know, I've never been attracted to women sexually. I've always been attracted to men sexually, but it was an edge to me, right? I have a Leo rising. So that's 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 male. Leo is a, a divine masculine, right? Mm-hmm. And that would say a lot about how I feel and how the world will perceive me, right? That's the sun, right? So that kind of gave me much later on the understanding to my childhood on why I fought so hard to be liberated, mm-hmm. you know, to be liberated in what I thought being a divine feminine was. I didn't think that being divine feminine meant I had to wear dresses. I don't mm-hmm. like dresses because I don't feel, I feel awkward. Mm-hmm. I feel awkward now. Long maxi dresses and boots. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. So too. I like dresses, but I don't like the girly girl dresses because I feel awkward. Mm-hmm. Right? 
You know what it speaks to when I hear you bring it up is the fact that maybe, you know, from my reflection of what I'm hearing is you intuitively understood that you were kind of both and you weren't really over identifying with either one. And also in our generation, and I know yours a little ahead of me, I sing it in the way that I say, I had also all boy cousins. And when I first came in, I took on the King's way, you know, like I took on the masculine way because I saw them having a certain access that the Uh girls didn't have. Uh And I don't know if it was so conscious, but I know that I was grooming myself to be able to kind of like navigate where they were going. Uh Yeah. 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 I could see that, but mine was the opposite because I would be out and about and people would always say she has six brothers. So I always I always took advantage of that. You know, I took <laughs> advantage of you can't do anything to me because I'm a girl with six brothers. So that's kind of <laughs> interesting, right? To want to be, you know, to want to exercise the privileges and then want the protection. So yeah, mm-hmm. I was looking at the balance of it, right? Mm-hmm. So definitely um, looking at that time of my life, because I talk, I sound, even when I'm talking to you now, I think I sound like a dude. You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't think my voice is feminine at all, right? So learning that, you know, my... But it's balanced, like your Libra essence, your voice. It doesn't necessarily sound like a girl either or a dude. It sounds like a balance of both, you know, and I... That's how I hear your voice, you know what I mean? And I can't deny that I didn't manipulate my girl game. My boy cousins will tell you that I would kick and start fights with them and then go and cry and they'd get in trouble and I wouldn't. So like, I definitely saw that access too and used it at times. So (laughs) I hear you there. For sure. So yeah, it was a very interesting mix of learning and navigating in that world that did cause me trauma, you know, it did cause me trauma that I identified with later, you know, because eight is a very powerful, you know, so me using that energy sometimes with the wrong person, it started to be used against me. It's like, oh, she's powerful. Oh, she can do it. No, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So sometimes Mm -hmm. that power backfired on me. Right. Yeah, because it kind of overshadowed your vulnerability. People didn't know that you were actually vulnerable and squirrely and and a little bit awkward. You know what I mean? They thought you were like, oh, yeah, you think you know everything. And meanwhile, I don't think I know anything. I just came really strong and my voice cuts through you. Yeah, that's it. That's the whole thing. It's like the the little girl inside of me is like, please don't hurt me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You You know, Mm -hmm. protect me. And uh, especially the opposite sex, you know, in dating and in in marriage, they didn't know how to act a lot of times, right? Mm -hmm. True story. We definitely don't get handbooks on that. Mm -hmm. And if we use our parents as the uh, reference tool, sometimes we're growing stuff that we wouldn't want to do. Yeah. 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 So yeah, finding my gender and finding me, it was it was um interesting. So inter- looking back on it now, it was interesting, and being in my sovereignty now is is beautiful because mm-hmm. now I get it. Before mm-hmm. I didn't get it, so now mm-hmm. I get it, and I have an understanding of the duality of it all. It is mm-hmm. supposed to be. So you being comfortable with it is where I am. And it took a long time to get there. I'm being aware now, but not totally comfortable because I I discovered that people expected me to do the things that I look like I was supposed to do. Not that I could do it, but whatever image or whatever energy was coming out was saying, oh, she got this, right? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I want to just touch on one more thing in that area. You brought up the word sovereignty. And just because I know it's a, it's been a, a buzzword, it's a lot of the podcast, it's been in my game for a minute, but I'd love to hear from you. What do you mean when you say sovereignty? What does that word mean to you? Sovereignty for me means that I own it. You know, I identify and I own it. It's like I'm sovereign because I identify all of the things who make me me. Mm. So that's my sovereignty. So it's like ownership of yourself in a way. Yes, I have Mm -hmm. ownership of me. I've developed the things. It's not like when people, the buzzword is the land. So people feel like they've been on the land, they've developed it and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I can see that, but we don't own land. But I've developed me. I've developed who I am and all of the tools and everything that came along give me the power to say no, you know, and because people um, have a kind of understanding what sovereignty is, is why I use that word. Because other words I was using wasn't getting me any feedback. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. weren't really understanding the power that I was trying to say of us of ownership because people think sovereignty is ownership. But the mm-hmm. only thing you can own is you, right? Mm-hmm. And your mm-hmm. actions in the way you do things, the way you carry yourself. I want to put portray that right, wrong, or indifferent. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm solvent. Whatever mm-hmm. happens, I'm going to take whatever it, whatever weight or anything that comes out of it. So solvency means I'm good. Yes, I do have take ownership of my lineage, of my, my history, of all of the things that people use the term to describe. Mm-hmm. Nice. Thank you, Dom, and appreciate that clarity. All right, so you feel good on the gender one? Shall we go to the next question? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, great. So the next question is, what did you learn about yourself through relationships? You kind of touched on some of that, but I know you're a mom, you're a grandma, you've been married a couple of times, you know? So like, mm-hmm. what did you learn about yourself through relationships? I learned that I, I dissolve in relationships. <laughs> you know, it was like, there's no me in the relationship. You know, Mm -hmm. I am, I am an eighth house person and Pluto, the eighth house is a lot of interesting things going on. You know, Mm -hmm. things that you are unaware of, some things you are aware of. And I find I'm that person that just dissolves into what's happening. You know, I dissolved into my marriage. I dissolved into motherhood. I dissolved into my job. I just didn't, I, I did not have an identity in relationships. Mm, I was that's an interesting was... word, dissolved in them. That's a really interesting like imagery, right? So mm-hmm. it's like you bring a form and then you become part of the role and you mm-hmm. kind of dissolve the idea of yourself into that. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting language, Diamond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just yes. interesting to see that, you know, through people's eyes when I started to change and grow, to see in their eyes that that you know this isn't this isn't what they want you know when i finally identified what a relationship was and how what i wanted yeah it became a problem this is yeah what- yeah i bet cuz you couldn't be the resource that they can move around so easily right cuz when somebody dissolves into is using your language you're also then become a resource for them to be used however because and that probably comes from the kind of stuff in the human experience where we want to belong. Yeah. We want to be part of something, right? So we're willing to give it all we got. Like, here, take me. You just let me be part of it, right? Yeah. Well, I'm a nurturer. You know, I'm mm-hmm. Libra, nurturer, but I had a big ego. 
You know, mm. I had a big mm -hmm. ego and my ego got used against me. Mm. <laughs> it's like, since you think you could do it, they let me. Oh, I can relate to that. So you mean like, you think you can do everything by yourself? Go ahead, do everything mm -hmm. by yourself. Yep. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing you mean? Yeah. Yeah, they were quite willing to let me do it since that's what you want to do it. So when I wanted help or, you know, it's like, why? Why? Why would we even try to do anything if you're just going to do it? Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's funny because I wonder if that was our true motivation because I identify with you there. And I feel like when I was trying to show my kids and my family I could do it myself, I was trying to show them that they could do it themselves too and that we're yeah. strong. You know, I was not trying to say, I'll do everything for everybody. Yes. But yeah. it got taken like that. You know what I'm saying? So if any of you are listening in those things, recognize that our willingness to just take on the role or the archetype of mother, wife, or whatever it might be, that actually came from the desire to, you know, be in harmony. It was not trying to like overburden ourselves or you. It was saying, I'm throwing it all in. Like I'm in. Yeah, it had to be done, you know, as a wife and as a mother and even as a daughter and a sister, there were some things that had to be done. So I would just do them. But that then took on the role of, oh, she's going to do it. So just mm -hmm. don't do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can definitely relate. I mean, I, I don't know that I was that one, really, but I do understand what you're saying. But thank you for that clarity. Now, how about like sisters? What is your sisters and brothers kind of thing? Did you notice anything in your ability to relate to women or men? Was there any variations in what you learned there? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty diverse on the spectrum, especially with my mom. My mom was a little ahead of her time because she would tell me all the time, you're not going to get married to take someone's name. You're you're who you are is who you are. And, you you know, she was pretty, but my dad was, yeah, you're going to get married so somebody could take care of you. So I don't have to take care of you. <laughs> and my brothers were the same way. So I grew up a very male dominated, um, macho male chauvinist age, you know? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that was a, that was the bulk of it. It wasn't until much later with getting away from home and, you know, starting to be in women's, you know, movement and doing mm -hmm. things with women that I really started getting my voice. But even around them still, my voice was overshadowed, you know, mm -hmm. around mm -hmm. around my family and men and stuff like that. I had to be that person to roar. And then did they really hear me when I roared? No. But if I wanted to be heard, I had to roar in my family. I was pretty invisible pretty invisible in my family. Hmm. Boy, that's interesting to hear because by far, you know, you're definitely not invisible in my life and many others right now. So mm -hmm. that's an interesting way to know that you grew from that place of invisibility to this place of, you know, showing up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and I applaud myself for that. Having, you know, my mother especially is all to the divine feminines that were in my life that that mirrored certain things. It's like, you know, a lot of teaching comes from watching and mm -hmm. definitely having good conversations. 
but I mirrored and I watched the women in my life. And I mm-hmm. would I would say, oh, I want to embody that in my spirit. You know, I just had, you know, these women were people that I admired and I just hung around, you know, and you just become, you just did things about them that you want to embody. And over time, if I noticed those attributes in me, you know, this is the awakening, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely was an interesting journey to come from the 70s to through the that movement that is so misunderstood that's so misunderstood it is yeah a very- that's a yeah, let's go there i i mean i hear you and i would just want to speak to that part where you kind of use examples in the mirrors you know i remember bringing to my children and some of the kids in the rehabs over the years and stuff saying i get it that like you're kind of like picking from what's around you but some of what you pick can be conscious you can consciously choose to grow yeah. certain things in yourself. You can shape yourself mm-hmm. because you see something that inspires you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pick up all the low-grade ways of manipulating and game playing. But yeah, let's speak to the movement. What would you say the crux of the, the movement was? Because I think I told this to you a long time ago. The vibration in 2016 and the calendar was literally the same exact days as 1960. So... I know that means that we're in some aligned frequency, mm-hmm. like, and I don't know how I know that, but I know that, mm-hmm. right? So, so that means we started to activate that same awareness, those same things were going on. And so what do you think it's been trying to bring forth when we meet these things? What's your crux? What's your thoughts? Yeah. And I saw it on Clubhouse. It's like I'll go in those rooms and I'm like, who are these people talking about my life? <laughs> you know what I mean? Literally sitting here and look at these 20, 30 somethings talk like they know what they're talking about. But you don't because you're talking about it from reading and you're not talking about it from the energy field because it no longer exists. So yeah, it was interesting. But what if it does exist now the same way it did then, right? Because if it's, it's the not, same- it's for- not going to ever be the same. Right, it's okay. It's going to be a higher vibration of it. So Mm -hmm. this vibration changed because generations changed. So I've been sitting with that. I really haven't been intentionally been sitting with that because I think that is the holy grail to bridging that gap. You know, I think that's the holy grail from looking at it from my perspective. And then because I have to look at it from my perspective, then I got to look at their perspective. Now, Mm -hmm. they're not going to do that in reverse. They have we don't know that they're that. not going to do no, that no, in no, verse. No, they no. might. No, they have to be taught that. Okay. That Fair. has to be mirrored to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. There has to be mm-hmm. mirrored. They have to see it and hear it and all of that good stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So if they get a chance to see, just like when I sit in a room and talk and so many people, you know, comment and stuff. So having those conversations is bridging it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I have a better viewpoint of it than they do because they're living it. So for me, it's to help people live authentically. It's like the more you live authentically, the more you're going to get into that energy field as you're evolving to wherever it is that you have to get to. So, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the only difficult part that I see, not the only, but one is social media. You know, mm-hmm. it's a different formula than what they had in the 60s. Right. In the 60s, it was like, yeah. wait a minute. 
What's his name? JFK dropped something. He said we're being controlled by fear. It kind of makes sense. Are we playing some 1950s like box game out? We got to break open. We got to let it loose. We got to be sexual. We can't hold that stuff back. We got to explore. They're keeping us down. And then all of a sudden the money came in in the dot com in the 80s. And it's like, well, I'm going to get rich and I'll yeah. have everything if I'm rich. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess that's the same thing with the NFTs and the and the Dogecoin. It's like I'm gonna get rich. That's the dot com of now. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm gonna get my tab on it and I'm gonna be one of them. You know what I mean? But it doesn't necessarily mean success or sovereignty or authenticity. It means you're playing a game and you're being fed this idea of money or resources. But there's a liberation. Like I think the '70s was talking about an internal liberation yeah. of your essence and to bring it into you and to not hold it back and not like put yourself in a box. But it didn't mean that we didn't have to get along. And if you listen to the songs of that time, they were all about us getting along, like Sly and the Family Stone. Like, that's my that's my jam right there. Like, yes, and it was a feeling. It was a vibration. We were mm -hmm. vibing then. It's like when people have this conversation about things, but you, you don't have the feeling that was there. Sure, there were things going on. There's always things going on. But the underlying feeling is was just groovy. You know, you mm -hmm. were around people and they were just, yeah, you know, people were, were connecting with the humanity of it. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. connecting, of course, everything could it could be falling apart around you. That's you can prove it. But now mm -hmm. what? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, OK, we know that. Now what? Me, the mm -hmm. now what doesn't doesn't resonate with people. You know? Well, I mean, I think we've learned to, like we said, the social media has exaggerated that comparison thing a lot, right? So like young girls have mirrors of like so many different types and shapes and girls, you know, and boys the same, like social media has moved energy very differently than just in your neighborhood, say, right? Like it's a different kind of harmony that you might find, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's a factor. And then there's also the way that that ability to stand and respond you know, we don't recognize that that's the most power we have, right? Because we sometimes think we got to like join in, like you talked about dissolving. And that's where we're coming in is this generation saying, don't dissolve, evolve, come into your grace and stand in your place and let it happen, but speak your truth so that you can inspire the youth and they can go back and forth that we can make a bridge. But if we go into those sides that us and them, like Piscean kind of duality consciousness again, Mm -hmm. Like we do over race, like we do over men and women, like we do over Trump and Biden. Like it's all just distraction. It is. It's a manipulation. Mm -hmm. Right on. And and they've learned it. This is like what you want. Let's drop some more on social media. It's like mm -hmm. this is what is this is what's trending. That's what's trending. Let's send it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's so mm -hmm. easy. And mm -hmm. it's just so it's just so easy to keep people anesthetized. Right. Mm -hmm. People anesthetized because mm -hmm. it's scary out there. It is. It is scary. Right. But in here, it's connected, like in the center line of who you are and why you're here. There's a source connection and there's information like intuition, innate wisdom that wants to guide you. But if you look outside you, it's going to be really hard to feel at ease. Yeah. And you and and finding your solvency is being able to have the conversations and not caring what somebody else is going to think. You know, it's like, well, if I say this, you know, my community, my parents, my this, my that. No, no, mm -hmm. because they're going to think whatever. 
right? Yeah, you've helped me a lot with that, Diamond, you know, because you used to give me some smacks around with that because I would come in more apologetic when I'd come up on the stage. And you kept reminding me, like, what are you apologizing for? What are you backing away for? But I think what my attempt was, was to recognize that I was talking to all the generations and that some people couldn't hear me as clearly as you could hear me and know that I was coming from a very authentic square and that I was there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, because I, I can be activating. But I appreciated that and it has strengthened me. Part of what's got me coming out bigger and bigger is those words that you passed to me. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. You know, I'm like, I'm aspiring to be in, to be who you are. You're King of Diamonds. You're the head of my suit. So I'm like, oh, no, she can't do that. Uh-uh, because then that means <laughs> I'm going to be out there by myself. No, I need her to have her authority. So my authority isn't lonely. <laughs> oh, thank you for saying that. Like that. that's a real and you know, I think about that with the cards, you know, the research that we started doing with Rashad, like the suits getting along. Like, you know, can the suits themselves, can the diamonds yeah. empower the diamonds and can the spades work with the spades? And then when we're united, we can rub with each other differently. But if we're split within our family, all the energy's stuck there. Yeah. So I hear you that it's like, you wanna see that just like I wanna see the eight, you know, vibrating great and not dropping into lower places cause you're so powerful. So I wanna know that you're staying on a high frequency mm-hmm. because you've got a lot of people collecting around you. So you're very influential, right? So it's important to me that your influence be felt from a place of neutrality as much as possible because as a king, I know that that's where we're free. I had a dream about that to, to last night about influence. And I was arguing in my dream with some people. I really did. And you just <laughs> said it. I was like, you know, I was like, if I'm influential, let me give uh, my cash app and let's see how much influence I can, I can. Uh, I mean, I was in, it was a the dream was so funny. <laughs> it was, they were trying to hold me accountable for something that I said. And I was like, this on me? Who, who, who cares? You know? I was like, But I mean, I'm always being held to the carpet with what I say in my life. And I, I do, I get those dreams too. And I think it's telling us that we got to remember that our voices are so strong. And when we hypocrite, when we like contradict ourselves, it's confusing to people. I don't know if that's what, but I'm just saying like, cause you know, my wife one day be like, la, 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 la. And another day, like, da, 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 da. And they're like, well, which is it? Well, is I'm it? a six. So I'm going to be that way. So you have to get over it. <laughs> I don't stick on nothing and I'm, and I'm good. I'm okay with that because I spent my life trying to please people and I, and I would be alone with myself and I'd be in such pain because mm-hmm. I want to change. I want to flow. I want to, you know, I can't correct it if I don't say it. Mm-hmm. So I would be by myself and I'd be trapped in my head. Well, you should do this. Well, you should do that. And I had to free myself from that. No, mm-hmm. this is what it is. Because right? my mother used to say, come see, come saw. My mother used to say, what is it today with you? Because that's how mm-hmm. I was, you mm-hmm. know, but as my life is, is, is flowing. So mm-hmm. I want to grow with it. If it's not the same, it's not the same. It's me. It doesn't change what you think or what you're feeling. But mm-hmm. my, you know, I'm not there anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah I appreciate what lot. you're saying because you're kind of, as an influencer, what you're saying is that, I know you're not an influencer, but if you were to be an influencer, mm-hmm. you would be saying, well, there's this way and there's this way. Mm-hmm. I'm a Libra, right? Like there's this way and there's mm-hmm. this way. 
Now, I come from a cardinal sign of Cancer and Aries. So mm-hmm. there isn't a this way and a this way. I'm a Gemini, double Gemini, Mercury. I'm, I'm actually, you know, my Mercury, no, my Venus and my Mars are in Gemini mm-hmm. in the eighth house. Mm-hmm. So that's where I sit. You know, like you can't change where you sit, but I'm open to all of it. But my, my ideas need to be more cardinal-like and leader-like because of what yeah. the position yeah. I've been given. Yeah, that's yeah. That's why I always tell people I'm goofy and okay with it. I get along. Yeah. I get away with goofy because I'm. And you know, my my first house is Pluto with with the Ace of Spades. So yeah, I want to play. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play. It's like, come on, let's play. Let's see where yeah. this goes. That's I yeah. think. When's our Calvernet's gonna come through? When's our comedy coming through? Right? Because yeah. that's the silliness of it. That's the playfulness of it, for sure. I, I dream that. I dream that. All right. So then, is there anything else that you want to share about what you learned through relationships about yourself? No, that's. I think I pretty much hit the gambit. All right. So then, the next question is. How do you discern the truth? Like, how do you know the truth for yourself? Or what spiritual, like, practices do you have to kind of help yourself, you know, clarify or know what's right for you? Being in the moment. That's mm-hmm. the only thing I can do is, is mm-hmm. be where I am. It's like, in this moment, this, what I'm feeling right now is all that counts. Just being in the moment. That's the only thing that I can use because when the moment changes, you know, like I'll be someplace, I don't have it as much as I used to have it, but I will have a feeling and I would just have a, uh, uh, I would feel like a, a uneasiness and I was like, mm-hmm. wow, what is that? And I would feel it, you know what I mean? Instead of run from it. So now I'm just uber aware of the feelings. It's like, you got to feel it's like not saying that you are emotional not any of those things are descriptive words but what's going through you there's a feeling to everything right Mm -hmm. there's a feeling Mm -hmm. so and for me I know that's the queen of hearts which is my name right Nina but I know that that's all my five senses Mm. So being able to use all of my five senses in tandem have been mm-hmm. pretty dope, right? Right. That's a great response. I love that diamond staying present, like right now, like and listening and and those feelings that you talk about. We can sometimes narrate them to reactivate the past, which is another thing I always hear you correcting and finding, or, or at least getting the mirror of someone else doing. You're like, wait a minute, where are you going? Because when you have those sensations of whatever you're having in that moment and you start to narrate it from some pain body or trauma or something that's holding you down, then you're not necessarily in the moment anymore because now you've gone back there. Right. And but and it's bringing stuff up that you want to address. It's not bad to go back there. But if mm-hmm. you go back there and you're still in the pain, you haven't addressed it. So once mm-hmm. you go back there and you identify what you're feeling you know, mm-hmm. really feel it. It's like, this did happen. Now I'm feeling this way. But do I want this? The, uh, the energy isn't no longer there. I'm trapped there. And do I want to mm-hmm. give my power over? Do I want to mm-hmm. give away my solvency? Mm-hmm. Or do I want to stand in this moment and say, yeah, it did happen. And now I'm not there anymore. And it took mm-hmm. time. It mm-hmm. really took intentionality. And you know what it really took for me? was feeling the other side. 
Yeah, the mirrors. That's how I've been learning. Yeah. The mirrors are the people doing it. That's how I learned not yeah. to do it. If it were, I would have no mastery if I didn't spend 30 years talking to people. You, yeah. The people have given me the mastery through the reflections. Yes. And absolutely. a little bit of mastery I have on good days, you know, and I'm not standing here like all mastered out, but I'm on my way. Right, right, right. So since I know what both sides feel like, I get a chance to choose. Mm -hmm. And nice. I choose my side. Right. Mm -hmm. Choose mm -hmm. my side. It's, I'm going. This is me. I, I I respect. I see. I honor. But you stay there, and I'm going to stay here, and I'm going to mm -hmm. be okay with it. What you do with it is none of my business. That has mm -hmm. saved my life. Mm, nice. I like that. What you do with it is none of my business. That's true. Thank you, Dem, and I appreciate that. And I guess it's also singing songs to ourselves when we do have the feelings that. It's happening for a reason and it's and the present moment is reconciling everything and that we have what we need and the universe is designed to bring us what we need because it's when we get into those fears or worries that it's not going to be okay if this doesn't this and this isn't that way that's not the truth the truth is when you stand clear and true everything you need comes to you yes because the universe literally sat me down and and you know because of the strength that i have and because of how I come across, you know, I was do I would be ebbing and flowing. And the universe says, I brought that person to you because you are you. And mm -hmm. I need you to be you. Mm -hmm. Don't make me come for you. Right? <laughs> okay. So yes. I had to learn how to be me. So that was my 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 education of myself is to mm -hmm. find my authentic self. So mm -hmm. my authentic self isn't wobbling. It isn't this. So when you come to me and like we're having a conversation right now, I'm okay with everything that I say. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with it. So mm -hmm. the universe says, as long as you are your authentic self, as long as you're showing up in that moment, you're good. Mm -hmm. You're good. People are mm -hmm. going to feel this like at work. People would come into the welfare office and they would say, I'm not mad at you, Miss Lofton. How could you be? This is my house. <laughs> I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. So mm -hmm. they would be, so I, 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 my solvency was I was standing in front of them and say, Hey, Janine Lofton, state of Georgia. Janine Lofton, state of Georgia. Mm -hmm. I said, You can go out there to the main office and that's where you will find them. And mm -hmm. that 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 practice of of me identifying me and separating me gave me power, mm. you know. So in life, I started growing. You know, I had some semblance of so many things that I do. I have a lot of Uranus in me, so I I am detached. But knowing why I was detached was good. You know, mm -hmm. learning that I'm detached because it's not my circus, not my monkeys. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Knowing that that's why you do it. Yeah, that individuation process is is interesting. And I, too, like whoever I sit in front of, I know they're giving me abilities as to to have that sovereignty. But the thing that I notice is that when the the practices come in, we have to integrate the practice into like what we learn about ourselves from what happens. Right. Because now that I know who I am and my mom or sisters or someone else can't really take me on off my course, it doesn't mean I don't show up. It means I show up more fully because I'm not activated by the externals the same way. I'm standing with the clarity of the life that was given to me to live. Yeah, that part. Yeah. And being okay with it. It's like yeah. I, I it's like you you go places around people that you're familiar with and they 
see a difference. They don't, you know, you can't put, they don't push buttons. And, you know, it's just the interaction just to see that lets you know you on the right course, right? So I, it's like, mm-hmm. for me, I'm like, well, I want more of this feeling, right? This is mm-hmm. what I want. I don't want that other feeling. So, yeah. For sure. Wonderful. So is there anything else that you want to say about that? about knowing your truth. I like that present moment. I think you're the only person who said that. And I really like it. I think that's a, that's a wise one. I mean, I often, you know, use it, but I never thought that that is where the truth is because the rest of it can get really elusive. Yeah. I was taught not to multitask. And when I, I never knew what that meant because of, of being a mom working, I was a multitasker mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. was taught not to multitask because then I'm not giving to what I'm doing, what I should be giving to it. Mm-hmm. So when I stopped multitasking and I felt better and I put myself in, like if I'm eating, I'm eating, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you. That's when the energy, that static and all of the other stuff around me started dissipating. So I mm-hmm. said, Okay. I can mm-hmm. do this. And it's why I'm, I'm, I make sure I'm present in that moment because then I don't have all that static going on around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's interesting. Yesterday, you know, we talk about the eighth house and the family stuff. And uh, my experience is a lot of times we all harbor resentment or old feelings, especially from that persistence resistance dynamics. Mm -hmm. So in my home, which very rarely happens, but I had a couple here in my home playing out 10 years of still in court, still fighting with each other. And I was like, wow, like, what the heck? Like, why? You know, like, what? where does this, this is so futile, but like, so wedded to it, you know, so like, you know, I'm going to prove you wrong or right, you know, and I, I really found for myself that maturing meant there's no wrong or right, there's just different experiences. Yeah, and their karma is to show them who they were in their past life. So I would see your next lifetime because y'all coming back and do this again, right? You love oh, it yeah. so much. Oh yeah, I completely <laughs> let it go like that. I was just like, you guys are committed to this. You guys have made this, you know, your song. So you don't want to change the record. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you want this record to take you down and it be the cross you carried. So yeah. Yeah, you carry the cross. And there is a softening that wants to happen for both. But as soon as they're in the same, you know, pot, they start to activate. But that's that persistence and resistance. That's that my resentment cannot get resolved because you don't have enough something to help me know. Like, you know, it's like, I want you to be as persistent as I am when you're the avoider. Well, avoiders aren't going to be persistent. Right. So you can't expect an avoider to be persistent. You know, you were married, you know, and there's a time where us girls that are strong, we're like, are you going to come back? And they're like, no, no. Yeah. yeah. I don't do that. (laughs) And it's so much about relationships we know nothing about, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Let's go there when we can. Yeah. I love that. There's so much we can learn about that and how it was designed divinely. Yes. Divinely for, and for us to leave it alone. But no, ego tells us that we got to be in the pot stirring it. No, mm-hmm. pull, pull back, let it go. Let mm-hmm. it go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you and I have been in this for two and a half years and we've had our in and outs in the rooms and this and that, but we sit here now because we both played ourselves consciously. Consciously. Because it was never a matter of not loving each other and thinking each other are awesome. It was a matter of like, oh, wow. 
another strong person coming into the forest, you know what yeah. I mean? How are we going to fly? You know, yeah. how's it going to work? And I get a chance to be me. I get a chance to sharpen. Mm-hmm. Get a chance to sharpen myself because you're not going to pull back. And no, I get a chance to sharpen myself. And mm-hmm. that's a beautiful thing. How can you survive in this world bouncing against cotton? Can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the moment that that's cotton awesome. is removed, they're coming for you, right? <laughs> bouncing against cotton. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it's like they come. That's a good you. one. Yeah, it's like you got all of this. You feel so confident. And I used to tell people that all the time. I say, you know, when I go into these places with these powerful people, y'all could make me make a fool of myself Mm. because y'all make me feel like I know what I'm talking about. And I don't. (laughs) I said, so I got to learn to be quiet when I'm around Mm -hmm. these powerful people. I'm quiet intentionally. Mm -hmm. I said, because y'all make me think. I'm all of that in a bag of chips and I'm not, I'm not. I appreciate you saying it like that because I do the same to you. I'm quiet to listen and I appreciate when you listen as well. And I pray that our hearts just work together mm-hmm. for whatever mm-hmm. God's plan was, because mm-hmm. I trust it. I've been moved in beautiful ways since these cards came into play. And I'm very grateful to learn through you, with you, around you and all those ways. So thank yeah. you. Dana. I had a conscious conversation in my head. I said, these cards have saved me so much money on therapy. I need, <laughs> I need to be. And then I knew that if I got trapped just talking to myself, because, you know, Crash Maximus fired me, I had, to find a, <laughs> I had to find a community. So, yeah, I needed to talk. And, and, and it wasn't because I didn't know it was there. It was, I was in the energy field and we were all developing it, right? Mm-hmm. We yeah, it was, it was a, exactly. It's a whole yeah. thing. And you brought it to the streets. You've made it an active ingredient in people's diets. And that was great. And you didn't do it alone. Like we've all been in there, you know, yes. taking classes, learning, spinning yes. out, trying this, doing this. Like, you know, the research I'm doing is in response to listening for two years. Like, and as a king of diamonds, that's my job. Like you're a resource now and I'm using the resource for the families. Mm-hmm. That part, that part. Exactly. And being a social worker, I said, I don't know how to get that out there. It's like, I want everybody to know this is the tool that will save your life. That's in my head, literally still is. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know how it's going to get out there. I'm just okay. The universe will do it in this time. But I mm-hmm. said, as a social worker, this is the holy grail. And, I, and I'm, I'm with you. I'm ready to build a shared philosophy with the people who have the information, including that and stuff about emotions and things about nature and how we're designed because... It is a liberating understanding that could help us evolve out of a lot of long-term just stubbornness. Yes. It's like I look at some things and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm apologizing to all those people that I can't, but I'm sending your love because I see some things about myself. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Uh, Didn't know then, but I know now. Right? (laughs) I do the same. Yep. Same thing. Right. So we stand sovereign in in reflection and we say if we hurt you in any misdirection, we apologize because we just wanted to realize that we're not here to fight. Neither one of us ever wanted to fight. And thank you for this opportunity to be in the light. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Because the fight is together. You know, Mm -hmm. I am that person. Yes, I'm that person that I've been fighting all my life and I'm going to continue that fight because I tell women wherever I go that I am going to be the voice. I am, especially women who come to me and say, 
thank you. And I've never been able to say X, Y, and Z. I said, I will say it for you. I mm -hmm. promise them that. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to keep that promise. Mm -hmm. The only thing that you and I are still rubbing out is you want to be on the side of the street with a gun in your pocket. And I'm not oh, yeah, looking to have sure. the gun. <laughs> just in case. This is just in case. Not and I'm saying no guns, no guns. We're going to find a way to laugh to this. And you're like, no, 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 Madeline, I'm going to have a little something just yeah, in case. Yeah. I probably won't have no bullets in it, but I got it. You, know what I mean? <laughs> you know, that's that's interesting. They say that just holding it gives just a sense of power. It. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that I can agree to. A gun with no bullets in no your hands, bullets. I'm totally in agreement. I'll get no one bullets. too. <laughs> I I'll tell you how serious I am, right? Because I went to be a correction officer for the state of New York, right? City of New York. And when I was sitting in there thinking about all of the things, and, and I said, no, nah, I can't do this job. I said, I can't. You can't give me a gun. Can't give me a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not emotionally regulated enough to have a gun. I'm, I'm gonna shoot you. I'm just that person. And that so, was what, that was forty something. I don't even know how long ago. I said I'm not the person that can have that kind of job. No. Somebody <laughs> said in one of our Kings groups that they heard from someone that Kings of Clubs shouldn't own guns. <laughs> I was laughing. <laughs> Not. And meanwhile, the police department is kings of clubs. I was just cracking up. Isn't that something? Isn't that That's so that is, funny? That is That's such, crazy. Uh, uh, that is such a a a hodgepodge mishmash of of. I don't know how we got there, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know how. Yeah, that's the unpacking. That, and I think yeah. it's because when we're in that persistence, resistance, us and them, fight and fight. We need somebody to keep the law, but the law could be that we use universal laws and we go to a cosmic place and we use those laws to run this place. We don't let that stuff take because over. Because there are countries that rule very well without guns. Yeah, Tush. Yes, I pray we become one. I pray we become one. If I'm ever a part of it, let it be. So, all right, so wonderful. So here's our last question. This is great, Diamond. Thank you so much. So. The last thing we're bringing in is what shared values would you suggest to us as a collective, you know, so as we do start to remember together and let go of what we might have held on to, what shared values do you suggest? I think we should get out of our comfort zone. I think we should, we should, we should, the, pre, the preconceived things that have been said to us that we have no proof of. It's like there are things that you mm. know you can't prove that that's true. It's just mm -hmm. something that you've heard. I think people need to get out of that comfort zone. Just like I was talking in Clubhouse this week. I said, I've traveled across this country. I said, I'm around lots of people. And I said, and my job has afforded me to be around lots of families that don't reflect what I think my family was. And I know that people are people. So we mm -hmm. got to stop. We have to stop. People are people. And the fact that you're offending those people is making them not want to support you, right? Mm -hmm. Because if people are looking at themselves and their pain and you talking about your pain is bigger than their pain, mm. the values, what are your values? We got to mm -hmm. get values where we understand mm -hmm. this is a human experience. Mm -hmm. Human beings are, yes, they can be, there are people out there that are whatever you say is true, but they're only that, only that way is because down here on this level, we don't understand. We change it. If we say no more, it's no more. Right on. True, 100%. If we say no more, it's no more. Mm -hmm. Period. Nobody can, mm -hmm. 
Nobody can say anything to us. If we say our children are going to be safe, they're going to be able to go to school and do whatever it is. I don't care where mm -hmm. they go to school universally. Mm -hmm. We're going to say no across the board. This is what we're going to do. Those mm -hmm. values, those shared mm -hmm. values that we just start from there, this mm -hmm. is it. It's like people are going to say, yeah, you're right. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. People are going to say, yeah, yeah you're, you're right. Like, can imagine that we're teaching them of all the horrible potentials of humans in those history yes. classes that we do. Like we're setting them up to believe how potentially messed up we all are. Yeah. Yes, like yes. there is so many magic reports that can be given to children and magic, you know, for me is meaningful actions to get intentions crystallized. So like there's so many ways that meaningful actions have brought through. And when we can empower ourselves with that possibility that coming together and leaving our comfort zone and saying, oh, so you lived it like this and you need me to understand this. But can you understand I lived it like this and I need you to understand this. Now we both understand. Let's go up another level and figure out what we can do with what we learned not stay here and compete over whose pain is bigger or who's more right. Cause who cares? Yeah. Who cares? It's pain, you know? And mm -hmm. I think about that all the time. You know, I, I tell people all the time, I say, if you look at me, clearly you look at me, you know, I'm not, I'm mixed. There's a whole lot going on. I said, so which part of me do you say I shouldn't like? Okay. You oh, I love it, that. You're making that decision to say, yeah, I said, no, you're making that decision to, it was yesterday or the day before my niece, um, she looks just like me, but right. But she's, she's biracial, but she looks more white. Right. Mm -hmm. And she always posts on, on Facebook, but she would never share anything because she's always felt awkward about who she is. And mm. you can see it in her that she struggles with so many things that everybody struggles with, but add that on it, right? Mm -hmm. Add mm -hmm. that on it, the judgment mm -hmm. of the world, right? Mm -hmm. Of explaining who I am, right? Mm -hmm. And she posted something that she was proud of, that she completed something in school and she made it shareable. Mm -hmm. I said, oh my God, I'm sharing this. I was in to people that didn't mean anything, but mm -hmm. to me, it meant that she's coming out of, you know, hiding. Right. And she's, and she's all the biracial, right? Because you know what I mean? I never really considered that. Like if you have this like white privilege and this black slave story and you're both, Wow, like that's like a whole internal combustion. You know what I'm saying? Like, like can I? Can you help me with that? Can you help me with that? One? I'm like, can you help me with that one? I'm like, what are you saying to yourself? What are you really saying to yourself? My grandfather was white. My father's father was white, right? And my father, obviously, we don't know the Native American side, but look at me. Do I not look like Native American? My mm -hmm. father certainly has the features. My, my, my father's whole side of the family was the side of the family that didn't integrate with dark-skinned people. My mm -hmm. mother is the first person that I would say that my father married outside because back then they said, keep the light skin, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to have the dark. So you think about all of the things that people say. I'm like, so I'm just going to pick a part of me. I don't like, right? <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. I'm not. Because no, then you disown a part of yourself. <laughs> then you become fragmented. That's where mental illness lives, right? Mental illness lives in things we can't integrate or accept from ourselves. So anything that's disowned, feeds schizophrenia, skeeps bipolar, skills yes. depression, because now you don't know how to say, well, I'm all these parts. Like I don't live it through the outside story. Like I only come from an Irish and Italian person, but internally and in my type and in the way I remember things, I feel African-American, I feel Jewish, I feel black. I feel all of those things living in this body. Mm -hmm.
So if I say no to any of them, or if I say, oh, I can't be like this because, you know, I didn't do it this way or that way. It's like, no, I am all those things. And I'm not meant to be perfect. I'm meant to be authentic. Yeah, you see, my family laughs. They say she's so white. I'm like, what does that mean? They say just they say you're so corny. They say you're so corny. Go no wonder that's why you like me then. You know what I mean? You're like you're so corny. You said you just so Asia say you're such a white girl. I'm like, that is not bothering me. You're not hurting my feelings. And so I dance like a white girl. And they say, Oh Lord, we started her. I'm like, you can't hurt me. You really mm-hmm. can't because I am expressive, and that in my community is kind of taboo for Black women. You mm. know, to be expressive and quirky, and I, that's kind of mm-hmm. not, you know. Yeah, you play it cool. You play it cool. You keep it strong. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I know what you're talking they, about. Mm-hmm. They fade to Black, right? So they, <laughs> want, they want me to be around so they can express themselves. It's like, oh, so mm-hmm. I can't express myself. Yeah, that's why I keep kids around me. So I don't have to mm-hmm. explain why I'm so goofy. Because I yeah. am. I am yeah. goofy. And, and, you know, I was raised in a family that was, you know, very caring. You know, even in the pain that we grew up in that time, my parents were very caring, very nurturing, and very caring to everybody. You know, mm-hmm. I grew up in a very diverse in It was Jewish when I first moved there and then, you know, it filled it out. But I grew up in a very diverse community. I've always been around. I'm from Brooklyn. Always mm-hmm. been around multicultural people. I work with mm-hmm. multicultural people and people just love to talk to me. Mm-hmm. And I love to talk to people. And when I mm-hmm. found out that I'm the eight of diamonds, which is the reward to the jack of diamonds, yes. <laughs> people just people just feel when I'm around, they feel something and they just feel that they want to talk. And I love people. I do. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love people. The stories I hear, the genuineness and just the, the texture of the world lets me know we're okay. We're okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. somebody's getting married, somebody's dying, somebody's mm-hmm. having a baby. Everything is working exactly how it's supposed to work. How bad you think it is, the universe doesn't care. Right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I love people. I love textual stories. I I mean, I've met some of the most hardcore white people, especially white women at work that have become some of my best good friends, right? Mm -hmm. Because we talk crap to each other in our generation. Mm -hmm. It's like they Mm -hmm. find out they can say and talk around me. They're like, okay, they can breathe. (laughs) You know, it's like, I can talk around you. I'm like, uh, (laughs) y'all, you know, so (laughs) we sit and we have just regular conversations. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't just want to talk? Oh, yeah, because it it's an expression of your vibration, right? Because everything gets built up like all day long, whether you're doing your work or this and that. Talking is a processing. Like we sit at the fire, like last night we had a fire. We sit Friday nights and we just talk out what's going on, what you've been thinking about, because it just lets it out of you. It's like, I think the whole trick to talk therapy, because I have always said, and this is a weird thing for a therapist to say, but I've always thought talk therapy was a little much. I didn't necessarily think it's the best way. The relationship's a power tool. I get the relationship is. But sometimes if you recycle that same story and somebody lets you kind of like sit in that cotton pillow, like you say, and say, oh, you poor baby, 
Uh, I, I offer it more like Carolyn Miss, like it's a spiritual direction. It's like, okay, so what do you need to learn and how do you get in it clean and true? Because you're not here to wear that on top of you. And as long as you do, you're going to stay stuck. So you have a process with it and you can take as long as you want. And if you add heroin or crack to it, you might be there for a few decades. That's your story. But you need to decide how you're going to integrate what happened into who you are now. And the biggest thing I've learned in the last, I think, maybe five years is the subliminal cues. Language comes from those cues. Oh, right? interesting. And mm -hmm. we don't spend enough time on the subliminal cues. We mm. don't think about what's really going on in the process before the words come out. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Miles is always talking about that. No wonder he's quieter than me. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's yeah. like there are things that are happening. That's Gemini. Gemini is is the left and the right brain, and mm -hmm. it's trying to make sense of it. So the mm -hmm. higher consciousness is with Gemini. Mercury is a higher consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. So a higher consciousness is watching everything, and through our through our cues, verbal cues from our parents, is how we do it now. But mm -hmm. as, if we were left alone, imagine what the language would be, mm. right? These these things that we see is like we have been taught, not because it is, but it's because it's just passed down. But when yeah. we look at the cues that come before language, oh, yeah, I'm there. Yeah, That's that makes so much. And it's the mirror neurons, right? Because we yeah. learn through examples. So we pick yeah. it up without even knowing because yeah. I found such frustration at times in the way the twins responded to me, but they mirrored their father's response who mirrored his father's response. And it was not the same as my family's response. Yes, that part. Yeah. So those awesome. nonverbal cues is where I sit now. I'm like, okay. I, mm -hmm. I know what you're saying. <laughs> it's like, it's like you know how they, how the song is is written all over your face. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, it's yeah. like those nonverbal cues. We don't think about it. It's like, well, my mother never said so and so, but I'm pretty sure she loved you. Now, mm -hmm. the fact that you weren't able to accept the love that she had changed the whole dynamic between mm -hmm. you. Right. Or you're afraid to love yourself and you're using that story as a justification to not love yourself and come into full expression, right? Because those storylines can justify the crutches that say, I would if I could, but this happened. Yeah. It's like it always happened for you. It always yeah. happened for you. Yeah, the work. It's the work, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. It's mm -hmm. the work. So, yeah, this mm -hmm. was great. I love it. This was Nice. Great. Wonderful. We did great. So is there anything else you want to add to it before we wrap up? I usually close the podcast with a little prayer. So if you're open to that, we would Absolutely. do that just to kind of close the portal and say thank you to the universe. Absolutely. But is there anything else you want to say in any of the topics or anything else before we close up, Diamond? I think I've said a lot. <laughs> you, yes, you have. Yes, you have. All right. So then we'll just like... Become fully present with the senses, you know, take a couple of breaths and let everything integrate the bubbling conversation between our hearts. Take in the sounds around you in the space too. And I love and release all my energy, all my energy back to me, fully healed in present time. And I release all of your energy back to you, fully healed in present time. And I pray that we become inspiration for all things to grow divine and aligned to who they're here to be. And that the cards and the frequencies and all the things continue to work with us so that we can do what we can do to make the baby safe and to help people truly relate to who we are, that we might even be source to star, 
a new constellation, a crystal grid where we're not arguing, we're not hurting each other, but we're living, thriving. Mm -hmm. So may we give and receive, and may we live from a place of light and truth. Thank you, Diamond, for your light mm -hmm. and who you are. Is there anything you want to say at this time? Thank you. That was amazing. That was amazing. You know, it's a, it's a great day. I, you know, you sit with your light and I've sat with my life in 13 years in Saturn, right? And I have like three more weeks and I'm going into Uranus and I cannot tell you how grateful I am for the universe. I mean, once we get in alignment, it wants to dance at our feet, right? Blessed be. Let it dance at our feet, sister. Blessed be. Yes. Thank you, family. Yes, thank, you. thank you. Hi, this is Madeline again. If you're interested in learning more about co-creation and building a new foundation, check out the website, gwtrustfamily.com, and get involved. Join us in growing this frequency of more peace and harmony and possibility. I call for the wisdom of my teachers and my elders and the wisest part of me. What is it that's going to set us free? How can we find harmony in this family? Please teach me. Show me the way. I know. The way will open. Where is it? Where's the fire? Rhythm in the middle. Stay centered. Stay true. Do what you're here to do. That's what'll soothe your soul. Sing with the tribe. Rhythm in the middle.